0: joining me today. Uh, my name is Catherine and I'm hosting this uh, podcast today. It's a nice beautiful afternoon kind of going towards the evening here. Kids should all be out of school by now getting their homeworks done. And I just wanted to give a little bit of a check-in kind of talk, uh, touch base with everybody and see um, how it all is going. It's um, 2021, 3.48 p.m. on a beautiful day today. Right now I'm actually Absolutely, Uh, really, I've been like super kind of questioning like where I'm at and why, you know, so today I was looking through uh, the Gita, which is a beautiful book about the, um, you know, the God union. So they talk about yoga as the timeless science of God union, which obviously is a very important practice in my life. Um, the Gita is uh, one of the oldest, in the Bible, it's a testament, the Holy Bible, they study it, like they study, they, the many Christians study the Christian Bible. But, you know, again, one of the main themes is to renounce the ego ingrained through our ignorance within our physical bodies. So by renouncing all these egotistical desires that spring from the environments and that cause separation and all that, we can re, be reunited with our Cosmic Dreamer through yoga and meditation. So it's really, really cool. So usually I just like to flip through this and see like what is it? What is the best message to give today that I can bring you guys as um, uh, my listeners. So um, my quest is to be able to help people manifest and be and become and heal and just all the good stuff. That's my goal and, and be a teacher and a healer and studying a mom and be there for people and know in my heart that I am... You know, doing good, doing good things, dedicating their work to God. Um, I really, really, really am truly always do try to dedicate my work to, to God and, and the community and devote it to humanity. So um, let's see. I'm going to go ahead and just kind of open one here. We'll go ahead and pick one for this podcast right now. <laughs> yep. let's, let's see. Um, let's see. Okay. it says, and this is cool because this is a this is the ba- Bhagavad Gita as it is by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. So this is one of the uh, commentaries that they have on Bhagavad Gita. I have the End of Sorrow too, which is actually quite amazing, and the Paramahansa Yogananda Gita. Translation, so which is the Royal Science of God Realization. Um, basically, um, it talks about a lot of, a lot of, touches on a lot of things in this Gita. It's really, really amazing. Um, I, I love, I love the Gita. I wish I could. I'm going to actually just dedicate some more time to actually studying it every day, and um, just kind of being with it, you know, and studying it. So. This is really cool because it goes in and talks about uh, God, of course, and the sages and the cosmic order and and all of that beautiful stuff there. And then um, it talks about what a true yogi is and all these really amazing things. So let me go ahead and just go ahead and start reading a little bit from this passage part of this study today. One should engage oneself in the practice of yoga with determination and faith and not be deviated from the path. One should abandon, without exception, all material desires born of mental speculation, and thus control all the senses on the, all sides by the mind. So the yoga practitioner should be determined and should patiently prosecute the practice without deviation. One should be sure of success at the end of the end at the end, and pursue this course with great perseverance, and not be discouraged for any there is any delay in attainment of success. Success is sure for the rigid practitioner regarding bhakti yoga. One can execute the process of bhakti yoga successfully with full heart, enthusiasm, perseverance, and determination, but followed by the prescribed duties and associations of the devotee, engaging completely in activities of goodness. As for determination, one should follow the example of a sparrow who lost her eggs. So basically, this is beautiful because it's the practice of yoga, especially bhakti yoga in Krishna conscious, Christ conscious, may appear to be a difficult job. But if anyone follows the principles with great determination, the Lord will surely help, and God helps those who help themselves. So that's really, really amazing. So that's on page 262 in the Gita As It Is. It's talking about Jnana Yoga. So it's basically book 6, verse 24. And piggybacking off that, it goes into the step-by-steps and becoming situated in the means of intelligence sustained by full conviction. So... Talking about Pratyahara, the mind being controlled by conviction, meditation, and cessation a cessation from the sensations, the state is easily attained by directly practicing Krishna consciousness. From whatever the mind wanders due to its flicking and unsteady nature, one must certainly withdraw it and bring it back to the control of the self. So the nature of the mind is flickering and uncontrollable. Um, it's unsteady, right? But self-realized yogi has to who, who control the mind. So it's really amazing. And therefore the senses as well. So it's called Gosvami and Swami. And one who is controlled by the mind is called Godasa, the servant of the senses. A Gosvami knows the standard sense happiness In transcendental senses. Happiness and the senses are engaged in the service of Kesha, the supreme owner of senses. Krishna serving Krishna with purified senses called Krishna consciousness. That is the way of bringing the senses under full control. Okay, Bringing senses under full control. And this says, Prasanta, peaceful, fixed on the lotus feet of Krishna, Manasam, whose mind, certainly, this yogi happiness is attained, liberation by avocation with absolute, freed from all past sinful reactions. Maybe a little, you know, a lotus, uh, lotus meditation. Maybe you can always think about that. So again, again, being self-realized means knowing one's constitutional position in a relationship to the supreme. So being self-realized means that the individual soul is part and parcel of the. Supreme. Is actually really, really quite cool. The yogi whose mind is fixed on God merrily attains the highest perfection of transcendental happiness. He's beyond the mode of passion and he realizes his qualitative identity with the Supreme and thus he's freed from all the reactions to the past deeds. So that's important to me because I've been wanting to try to heal and get out of the past. So to so be freed from the past is you have to just fix your mind on God. Fix mind on God. So, Brahma Bhutta. Brahma Bhuta is the state of being free from material contamination and situated in the transcendental service of the Lord. Madhva Tim Param. One cannot remain in the quality of Brahman, the Absolute, until one's mind is fixed on the lotus feet of the Lord. Sava Save Mana Krishna Padaravindayoa. To be always engaged in transcendental loving service of the Lord or to remain in creation consciousness is to be factually liberated from the mode of passion and all material contamination. Thus, a self controlled yogi constantly engaged in yoga practice becomes free from all mental or material contamination and achieves the highest state of perfect happiness and transcendental believing to the Lord. Knowing your constitutional position in relationship to the Supreme is amazing. I love this. And this is what I love about yogi. Yoga, it really has served me well as far as um, where I'm at in life. But again, this is something that touched me and reached me today. Um, I really wanted to touch base with that for you and give you guys just a quick scoop and insight as to what that means. So we have these definitions of you know what is yoga and what it means to me. So, of course, yoga was not restricted to just bodily postures the Western people feel like. But those who first used the word yoga regarded it as a highly complex term. It's expansive, and not only the process of yoga, but also the outcome as well. So in ancient texts, the various means by whereby uh, practice yoga, they emerge emerged from these aims. So it's, it's like as if yoga was not, uh, yoga was not asking us to worry about time, or what it could do for us, or what it could take us, but it was simply to be present in our yoga practice. So in the Bhagavad Gita main text, the first time the word yoga appears is, is in a solution for uh, Arjuna, that Krishna offers for overcoming his inability to participate in life. So Arjuna has fallen into despondence, and Krishna presents to him as yoga as an alternate way to make him not feel like he's stuck in life anymore. So that's actually really cool. So, what does Krishna say? Yoga. So he says for not that this matters, but I guess, but a hundred times in the Gita, he says it like that. It appears a 78 times as noun and thirty six times as a verbal form. So when we take all the ways in which Krishna defines yoga in the Gita it appears as if everyone around us is practicing yoga. So for yoga in the Gita it's rich colorful and it's engaging so much of life and human existence. Is nearly every human participates in it to one degree or another in one or form they just don't know it. So in addition to asana and pranayama clear discerning total voluntary dynamic participation in one's life yoga is And also everlasting, primal, revealing the archetypal light and fueled by love. Yoga is the sacrifice that elevates us, motivates us, informs us, engages us, and does so in a manner that harmonizes all living beings. Selfless, cleansing, freeing, balancing, inspiring, and joyfully performed actions based on a vision in which one experiences peaceful interconnectedness with all life around them. And then nourished in the company of other yoga practitioners by offerings of love and understandings they give rise to. Heightened sensitivity and all awareness of life around us, fearless illuminating, a journey that does not end with death, vision that excludes nothing from its practice, intimate connection with the whole universe, pure determined force that moves us towards the mysterious and the secret and connects us with the wonderfulness of existence and being of all life. That, those little, those are some pretty hardcore hitters right there, the uh, uh, so characterizations of yoga that are just alone in the Gita, which is quite Quite amazing. So um, again, this is an article too. I can link it down below. It's um it's talking about the unfolding of yoga in the Gita. So it's clear and it's dynamic participation in life. Then it breaks it down a little bit. It talks about the fourth chapter. And it is amazing. So it does talk about how um, offering the actions of one's senses and one's very life breath fire of yoga. And, and it's amazing. It's so we want to bring rise to yoga. It is a selfless act and then emphasizing action in yoga as a prerequisite to being calm and still. Yoga is defined as not being attached to one's actions, one's senses and having no selfish motives, but only for the purification of the self. So being absorbed in yoga is holding divinity in the highest. Absorbing oneself in yoga accumulates the state of nirvana, which Krishna tells Arjuna rests in him. So, detail after detail talking about how yoga isn't possible for people who have extremes in sleeping and eating, or destroys uh, suffering and absorbed. And one absorbed in, in yoga is going to be free from these longings of these desires. So, yoga studies the thoughts and rids one's suffering. Yoga should be practiced with determination, without entertaining discouraging thoughts. One absorbed should be boundless and happy, sees the self present in all beings. So, in verse 33 of chapter 6, Krishna defines yoga as the state of sameness. One self needs to strive fully to achieve yoga without difficulty. So that's really, 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 really cool because I love how they bring that in there. Um, it talks about the ultimate reality, emphasizes the value of loving relationships with others in yoga. And I really do think that's a really pretty thing to talk about. So anyway, this is just a little background in the Gita. This is just some of the stuff I was studying in my yoga teacher training. Uh, some things that you could be studying in a yoga teacher training and you're encouraged to take that uh, route. Again, if you're just kind of a spiritual aspirant who's like looking for God and looking for some sort of inspiration or something maybe different to, to dig into, I totally recommend uh, checking out the Gita. Um, I love reading pretty much all like theologist based books. I absolutely, uh, absolutely love it. So uh, it's really amazing. And um, yeah, so thank you again for joining in. It's nice touching base with everybody here and look forward to seeing you guys next time on our next little snippet. Thanks. Bye.